Greetings, Blind Faith Podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Blind Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Craig C. Esley Jr., and the title of our episode today is, I Will Trust in the Lord. I Will Trust in the Lord. Our scripture is going to come from the third chapter of Genesis, beginning at the first verse. And it reads, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? I'm going to stop right there. And again, the title of today's message is, in God, I will trust. In God, I will trust. Another way to say it is, I will trust in the Lord. In the Lord God, we must trust. What kind of servants? One might ask, is God looking for? We notice how in the third chapter of, of Genesis, when God comes looking for Adam and looking uh, for, for his, his servant, his, his creation, his, his son, the one whom he crafted out of the dirt when, when, and breathed life into his nostrils. When God comes looking for his servants, what... What kind of servants are God looking for? And not just what kind of servants is he looking for, but what condition is he expecting to find his servants in when he comes looking for us? So many times we think that we can escape God because uh, we go to the hotel room or we can escape God because we go to the dark spots in the club or we can escape God because we find a uh, 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 darkness somewhere where we can hide or we find some remote secluded isolated place and we think that we can escape God but but God will come to the to the most remote isolated place in the world and when he comes looking for his servants what condition is he expecting to find his servants in Is he expecting us to be fearing him when he comes? When God comes looking for us, is he expecting to see us as God-fearing people? Is he expecting to find us being trustworthy? When God comes looking for us, is he expecting to see that that everything that he has entrusted to us, everything that he is, has put in our possession, that he's trusted us with, is he expecting to see that we have proven ourselves to be trustworthy servants? When God comes looking for us, is he expecting to see that we've been honest? Honest with ourselves? 
honest with our brethren and honest with God. And when God comes looking for us, is he expecting to see that we have remained obedient to his instructions for our lives? Beloved, I believe the answer to all those questions is yes. And more importantly, for, well, not necessarily more importantly, but for the sake of this particular sermon, I want to touch on that last piece. When God comes looking for us, he expects that we have remained obedient to the instructions that he has given us for our lives. God has called each and every one of us to do certain things and to live a certain lifestyle. And, and, and when God looks from the heavens down upon us, he wants to see that we are, are, are obedient to those things that he has called and instructed us to do. Beloved, one of the most worst things that we can do as the servants of God is to allow the things of this world to stop us from trusting God. Whatever happens in this world, whether it be pandemic, whether it be uh, relationship breakdowns, whether it be financial hardships, whatever happens in this world, whether it be natural disasters like uh, the snow avalanche that hit Austin, Texas and all over <laughs> Texas recently, whatever the situation may be, we got to trust God. There's nothing that this world can throw at us that it can be so devastating and so catastrophic and, 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 and so destructive that it should be able to destroy our faith and our trust in God. Because what happens is when we allow things to come into our life that destroy our faith and destroy our trust in God, we lose sight of the fact that God is always capable of fulfilling his promises. In the midst of a snowstorm, God is capable of fulfilling his promises. In the midst of a, a, a pandemic, God is still capable of fulfilling his promises. In the midst of financial hardships, God is capable of fulfilling his promises. In the midst of the hospital room, God is able to fulfill his promises. And so the situations that we face in life don't determine God's capability to fulfill his promises to us. God's promises will, 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 will dictate to the situations that we face in life that they have to give way to the will, to the work, and to the word of God. God is able to adequately meet 
all of our needs. Don't stop trusting God because God is able to adequately meet all of our needs. Don't let anything come into your life that will try to manipulate you and deceive you and con you into believing that God somehow is not able to meet all of your needs. Because we serve a God who is able, who is more than able, who is more than capable to meet all of our needs. And when we pray, beloved, God hears us and he answers us. We need to trust him because every time we pray, God hears us and he responds and he answers us. And we also need to trust God because his love is for us is unfailing. God's love for us is unfailing and it's unchanging. Seasons change. People change. Uh, 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 relationships change. Jobs change. The economy changes. But we serve a God, beloved, who will never change. And whenever we're going through the situations and the storms and when we're going through tough situations and, 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 and raging storms in life, we must understand that God is our refuge, our deliverer and our savior. And if we trust in him, God will never let us down. But this particular verse touches on something that's really, really, really prevalent in our human existence. It's the human condition of insatiability. The human condition of insatiability. As human beings, We have a tendency to not be satisfied. The serpent and Satan himself and all of his workers that he have, all his demonic spirit forces that he has assigned against us, they realize that in our human condition, in our human existence, we have a condition of insatiability in which oftentimes we are not satisfied. God loves us unconditionally and God loves, God loves, God's love never fails. But oftentimes in our human condition, we don't find satisfaction in God's love. All of God's nature, all of God's creation. If you look at the trees, you look at the flowers, you look at the birds, you look at the bees, you, you look at the, 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 the oceans and the seas, you look at the rivers and the trees. When you look at all of God's creation, 
all of these non-animate objects and, and some animals, but the, the, the animals that don't even have the ability to reason or think the way that humans do, they find satisfaction in God's love. They, they find satisfaction in God's provision. They find satisfaction in, in God's rain and God's sunshine. They find satisfaction in, in, in God's vegetation. They find satisfaction in, in, in God's food webs and food cycles and, and, and even the little sparrow. tweets his little heart out and finds satisfaction in the hands of God. But here we are, human beings with the ability to think and to reason and to process, and, and yet we don't realize that it is only God who can satisfy the desires of all living things. Yeah, there are some things that satisfy us temporarily. Sex is very satisfying temporarily. Drugs are very satisfying temporarily. Money is very satisfying temporarily. But ultimate satisfaction in life can only come from God. Because you see, if you find satisfaction in things, then when you lose the things, you find yourself being unsatisfied. You find yourself being in a place of, of hurt, a place of stress, a place of depression. But when you begin to find satisfaction in God and God alone, you can be poor, you can be needy, you can be oppressed, and you can still be satisfied in God. You can be weary, you can be wounded, and you can even be sad, and yet you can still be satisfied in God. In God is where we find our ultimate satisfaction. And God will satisfy us with the grain and the new wine and the olive oil, but our satisfaction should not be in what we have. But our satisfaction must be in God. Because watch this verse. The serpent tells Adam and Eve, hey, you know, uh, well, specifically tells Eve, hey, surely he didn't say you couldn't have all the trees in the garden. Ain't that a trip? Eve is living in this garden and has access to all of the trees in the garden except one. The one that God forbade them not to eat from. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She has all the trees in the garden and yet she's not satisfied. Because the serpent comes and says, surely he didn't say you couldn't have all the trees in the garden. He knows that if you eat from this tree, you're going to be like him. 
what is it about the tree of knowledge the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that is so attracting to Eve what is it about the fruit that is so compelling that is that is so in indulging so enticing that that this ability to know good and evil will supersede all of the other trees in the garden that God has given to them for food. And when God created the earth, he created all of the vegetation, he created all of the animals, he created all of these things, and he made it, and it was good. And he, 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 he made man, and he made woman, and it was good. He made the heavens and the earth, and it was good. He made the vegetation and the, and the, the land and the oceans and the seas, and it was good. And everything that God created was good. And yet, in all of this good creation that God give, has given us, Somehow we find ourselves in predicaments where we are not satisfied with what God has given us. We want more and we want more and we want more. And when the church say we can't have more, we walk right out the door. When the Bible say we can't have more, we walk right out the door. When God say we can't have more, we walk right out the door. We look past the fact that God has, has, has brought us through the storm and through the rain. We look past the fact that God has created us in our mother's womb. We look past the fact that God has woke us up each morning and started us on our way, put breath in our bodies. We look past the fact that God has given us a reasonable portion of food to eat, clothes on our back and shoes on our feet. We look past the fact that God has sustained us and kept us and brought us from a mighty long way. We are not satisfied with the goodness of God. We are insatiable and we want more and we want more and we want more and we want more. We become so addicted to this system of upgrading. Everybody want to upgrade. We go to McDonald's and we want to upgrade. We go to Burger King and we want to upgrade. We go to the car dealership and we want to upgrade. We, we get in our relationships and we always want to upgrade. We go to the most expensive clothes stores and we just want to get a upgrade. We, we go to the hair salons and we want to get a upgrade. Beyonce singing on her song, upgrade. Everybody looking for an upgrade and nobody wants to be satisfied with what God has already given us. With the goodness that God has already given us, we cannot find satisfaction. We are in a condition of insatiability. Can we reflect on what we are losing when we step outside of the covenant relationship with God? 
would you try it? Just, just the next time you get approached or, or, or the next time you get yourself caught up in an entanglement, uh, the next time uh, you see an opportunity to disobey God and to engage in sin, just take a moment and reflect on what life will be like when you are living it outside of the covenant relationship with God. Are you willing to wager the promise of God's abundance? Are you willing to wager the, surplus, the surplus that God has stored up for us in his bounty? Are you willing to wager the protection afforded to us under the hand of God when we are in covenant relationship with him? Is it worth it? I know we can go to the strip clubs and, and we can go to the nightclubs and we can go to the dope house and we can party like it's 1999 and we can uh, do everything that we want to do and we can live outside of the covenant relationship with God. But is it worth it? For moments of satisfaction, is it worth losing God's love? God's, God's protection, God's abundance, God's grace, God's mercy. Beloved, I don't think that, 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 I can't think of one thing. And I'm not saying that I've never sinned, but I'm telling you, I can't think of one thing that even in the sins that I've committed, when I look back and reflect, that I can say, was worth me stepping outside of a covenant relationship with God in which I'm afforded God's abundance, God's protection, God's love, God's grace, God's mercy. There is nothing that is so great in this world that would make me want to wager eternity in order to pursue it. Part of it is that we're prideful, we're stubborn, and we're stiff-necked. And, and, and we trust in so many other things. We trust in our security systems. We trust in our security uh, gates and our city walls. We trust in our chariots and horsemen. We trust in our guns, our ammunition, our bombs, our bullets. We trust in idols and false gods. We trust in people. We trust in weather forecasters. We trust in news anchors. We trust in tarot card readers. We trust in, 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 in horoscopes. We trust in our own personal wealth and power. But beloved, when we put our trust in all of these earthly things, we allow room for Satan to come in and not only to play off of our insatiability, 
but he plays off of our, our mentality that we don't need to trust God. We'll be okay trusting in things, trusting in people, trusting in places, trusting in organizations. We don't need to trust God. That's, that's the trick of, of the devil, is that he tries to con us into believing not only should we pursue this, this, this insatiability, but that we should also stop trusting God. You hear the trickery that he tries to use? Oh, he didn't actually say Beloved, this is the God that took his two hands and, 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 and scooped up Adam and Eve out of the dirt and breathed life into their nostrils. How can you let somebody take your trust from the one who created you? The one who brought you through highways and byways. The one who, 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 who healed your body when you were on the doctor's bed. The one who saved you when those bullets were flying the one who has brought you through wars and 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 and, and through storms and 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 through ups and downs broken relationships and you're still here death in your family and you're still here you've been broke and yet you're still here you've been sick and yet you're still here in the midst of a pandemic and yet you're still here Beloved, don't let the devil trick you into thinking that you can't trust God. That's a lie. It's a trick and it's a con. Don't believe it and don't give in to it. We can trust God. That if God tells us don't eat from this one tree. That that is what's best for us. Beloved, whatever God instructs us, we have to trust that that's what's best for us. And if it means that we miss out on some opportunities in life, uh, uh, maybe we don't get to go to all of the parties because we're trying to follow God. Maybe we don't get to, 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 to get all of the fancy houses and, and cars and, and all of the things that, that, that the sparkle and glimmer and gleam. Maybe we lose that beautiful woman. Maybe we lose that handsome man. Maybe we have to lose that job that we really wanted. But if it means that I have to live outside of the covenant relationship with God, I trust that a life with God is far better than a life with anything that can be offered to me in this world. As I hurry to my close, there's an old song that the, the, the saints used to sing that says, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord until I die. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord until I die. I will stay on the battlefield. I will stay on the battlefield. 
I will stay on the battlefield until I die. I will watch, fight, and pray. I will watch, fight, and pray. I will watch, fight, and pray until I die. Beloved, we're going to go through some storms. And we're going to go through the rain. We're going to face our share of hardships. And we're going to face our share of pain. But through it all, God will never leave us. Through it all, he will never forsake us. And we've got to find enough courage, no matter what the devil tries to tell us. Say, I will trust in God. I will trust in God. I will trust in God until I die. I will stay on the battlefield. I will stay on the battlefield. I'll stay on the battlefield until I'll die. I'll watch, fight, and pray. I'll watch, fight, and pray. I'll watch, fight, and pray until I die. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you is my prayer.